0: Yes, it's me, Mark Stone And this is the Backseat Driver Podcast Welcome back to the Backseat Driver Podcast And part two of Retromobile 2023 I am here at Retromobile With the one, the only, Gerard Gamont, Editor, author, racing expert a man of many talents. Gerard, welcome to Backseat Driver.
1: Thank you very much and welcome to you.
0: How did all this come about? Because you are the editor of a very, very successful and very respected motorsport magazine.
1: Yeah, because I'm a fan of uh, motorsport from 60 years now. (laughs) So I have a great experience and uh, many archives. And uh, when I started the magazine was uh, 13 years ago uh, it was easy for me because I know the history from 60 years so I can translate transmit uh, the full story uh, principally the French story for the French brand and uh, because I have very interested and I drive from uh, 40 years in uh, in historic racing, in all all the category, Formula Three, Formula Two, Formula One, with the Tyrrell, uh, so I have a, a great experience of the driving and great experience of the writing, and I write many books for the French brand. That is one thing I notice
0: in France. Formula Two was an extremely important, an extremely important formula unlike England and various other places. Um, is Formula 2 still a big thing in France, or has it died away as in many other countries?
1: No, it was a long story, because the uh, Trophée de France was an important part uh, in the beginning of the 60s. And uh, it was no European championship. It was a trophy de France. And it was uh, in Rouen, Reims, Pau etc. and all the British drivers come in France to, to, to drive in the Trophée de France and since this epoch uh, every French uh, fan uh, are very interested by Formula 2 and after the French constructors like Martini, like AGS uh, and some other Matra of course and uh, Alpine uh, built um, single-seaters in this category.
0: The one thing I've noticed over the years is historic motorsport and classic cars in France. The, it is, it's incredibly popular and very intense compared to other countries in Europe and in England. The French are passionate about their old cars and their old motorsport. You are able to reflect this in your magazine.
1: Yes, um, it is not um, like in England. England is uh, the make. For the historic racing, but in France we have a lot of uh, championship, and uh, I have started the first championship of uh, Formula Three uh, historic in uh, 1988, and it was a great success. And after, I have created the first European championship for the Formula Two in 1990, and all the British drivers come in this championship. And after, I, I, I give the hand to other uh, organisators it was uh, Dutch mine, and after the uh, HSCC Now
0: um, I mean f- France gave us circuits and racing ok in the early years on the roads they closed roads down and formed a circuit but France is it's full of circuits wherever you go in France you can find the circuit how did all this come about in many ways I mean well, no matter where you go, you can find a circuit and somebody racing on it.
1: Yeah, because uh, the story, uh, um, racing story in France is a long, long, long story. But after the war, the Second War, uh, every town in France want to have a Grand Prix. Yes, really. It was a lot of Marseille Grand Prix, Caen Grand Prix, uh, Dieppe Grand Prix, and so, on. so, and so uh, after some circuit uh, uh, are still uh, existing, uh, like um, Pau, Grand Prix, uh, of course, Monaco, of course, it's not in France, but same. Uh, and after uh, a lot of Monnery, Monnery, and after a lot of track are, are, are built, like Dijon, like Paul Ricard, that, uh, all. it was a great interest, and during the 70s and the 80s, it was a... Uh, uh, important part for the for the, the public.
0: And do you think this will be able to carry on as things change and attitudes to motor racing change? Do you do you think the French will continue unabated
1: with their historic motorsport? It's complicated. It's complicated because a lot of towns are uh, under regulation, and a lot of people uh, hate the the racing cars for the noise, for the pollution, for something like that. And the regulations are more and more difficult. So uh, when some organisers like Grand Prix de Pau uh, try to maintain the, the competition, it was, it was a great effort and we support all this effort.
0: Now one of the books you've written is it's like the sensuality of driving a car what gave you the inspiration of that I mean as somebody who used to do it every car will talk to you in a different way but it, it's, trans, it's translating this through to somebody who has never done, driven a car a performance car what gave you the inspiration and how did you go about translating a thought into the words
1: um, every car are different every car are different I uh, Big chance to, to drive a uh, more 100 racing car like uh, McLaren Canam, like Formula One Formula Two uh, so, uh, and I'm in love with uh, the driving. This is my r- real interest. Uh, for me, uh, the most important is uh, single seaters because it's uh, the summit of racing car. It is uh, absolutely f- uh, passion for Formula One. It uh, was a great uh, chance to drive the Tyrrell 009 uh, during two years in championship and was the best year of my life. And now a lot of people uh, say, ask to me, would you drive my car, would you, would you test my car? I have never done any demand. It was always uh, the properties. Uh, who said, excuse my bad English, uh, it was always the proprietor who said, would you please drive my car? Because they know I have a long experience, and so they are in confidence, and uh, so I I can try so many cars, but it was always for the same thing, pleasure of driving. Do you still race today, or uh, have you hung up the helmet? Oh, I'm very sorry, but I have no take my license from two years now because uh, I'm too old. <laughs> I'm really too old, and I cannot uh, want to be uh, no competitive. Uh, to be at the end of the, the people, uh, I'm not interested by that. So I just do the demonstration.
0: And of all the cars you've driven, which is the favorite?
1: It's complicated. One of my first cars uh, was a Brabham BT21 and it was so difficult to, 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 to learn to drive quickly. I have won many races with this car and it is a part in my heart, but the, the much better was the Tyrrell 009, it was a fantastic car.
0: Gérard Gamont, it's been a pleasure chatting to you Long may you reign and long may you keep producing this fantastic magazine and your books Thank you once again sir
1: Thank you very much Mark
0: I'm once again at Retromobile 2023 with Lionel Defoe uh, from the Musée des Arts et Métiers Is that
2: correct? This is correct. The Musée des Arts et Métiers in good French. (laughs) What exactly is the museum? The Musée des Arts et Métiers is the French National Museum of History of Technology. And it has been created in 1794, during the French Revolution. And this is the very first museum of inventions. Right, because I notice here we have what I surmise is a steam-driven vehicle from a long while ago. Yes, it's called l'obéissante, uh, which means uh, it always says yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, created in 1873 by Amédée Bollet who was a French builder of um, rings in church. <laughs> i was going to say, is known in England for his invention of vehicles. So this must be one. Is this one of his first ones? It is his first one vehicle, uh, the very first he used to transport his family and um, to transport uh, things he had. He has to use for his work. Is it st- does it still go? Does it- is it still used? No, no, we don't uh, use it anymore because it's very old and we don't want to take the risk of broke it <laughs> because it's old and fragile. So, What other vehicles does the museum have within its displays? The museum presents the Fardier de Cugnot, which is the oldest car of the world it has been created in 1770 by Nicolas Joseph Cugnot in the eastern France and once again are there any vehicles in your collection that can drive about that can move about no the vehicles of the collection are very old so we don't use it anymore where did you get them from how did you how did the museum come to acquire them well, there is many possibilities. Um, in some cases, people gave the objects to the museum. This is the case for L'Obéissante. Uh, the sons of uh, Ahmed Bey gave to the museum, uh, gave it to the museum in uh, 1934. And in other cases, the museum can build cars. Or, mm, in, mm, for for example, there is uh, cars. Um, uh, shown uh, during uh, universal exhibitions, which goes then in the museum. There is a lot of possibilities. So most of the vehicles you you are very kindly given them because they are they are so old. that The
0: families give them to you.
2: Yes, because it's big, it's heavy. So uh, this is in the house. It's better in the museum. <laughs> I mean, but though they don't
0: use anymore, do you have people who look after them within the museum? Sorry, I don't understand. Are there people who look after the vehicles, they will see them and do things to
2: them and repair them to keep them in the state they are in? Yes, there is a, a team of restorators in the museum which take care of the vehicles.
0: And looking at uh, the address, it is a Paris-based museum.
2: Yes, it is in the very centre of Paris, in the third district of Paris, and it's uh, one of the most ancient ancient museums of technology in the world, so please come, come in. (laughs)
0: Lionel Defoe from the Musée des Arts et Métiers. I hope I've got that right. Thank you very much indeed for joining me on the backseat driver. Thank you very much. I'm here at Retromobile in Paris with a a young American gentleman called Ron Skomer, who came out with a staggering comparison. If you buy cocaine, you've too much money. If you buy too many cars and too many books, you aren't spending enough money on cocaine. Ron, welcome to Backseat Driver, an American who is renowned for his collection of cars and collections of books. Thank you. When did all this start?
3: When I was 18 years old. Um, I forgot how long ago it was, but it was quite a while. So, uh,
0: yes. What, what caused it? What suddenly made you want to collect books and cars?
3: Well, I was 18. Um, it was time to get my own car. Uh, I bought the 25th anniversary issue of Road & Track, which I still have, uh, and I thought well, this is nice, I should buy an MGA, certainly within the budget, and um, it took off from there. So, what cars do you own, and what
0: cars have you owned, and how big is the collection?
3: I've owned about 70 cars. Um, the cars I own now, um, I have a 1947 Delahaye, uh, an MGTC, a uh, Bentley Continental T, um. Mercedes Benz Pagoda, a Mercedes zero three one nine bus, um, which is uh, affectionately referred to as a rusted piece of of something, um, and a few others, uh, some AMG pre-merger AMG cars, um, Triumphs. So that's, that's about it. And
0: do you use them all?
3: Uh, yes. There's different cars for different purposes. Uh, if it's a sunny Sunday, uh, you like to take a ride in the country, um, you wouldn't take a Bentley, you'd take a uh, an MGTC. Consequently, if you're going out to dinner with a lady, um, the Bentley is more suitable uh, than the TC. <laughs> and the books, apparently
0: you can buy books. We've already been looking. Apparently, within a short period of time
3: of arriving here in Paris, you bought 14 um, your information is a bit old, um, that may have been true yesterday, oh, we're up to 21 today.
0: <laughs> and are they all car books? Yes. Any particular type of car books, or are you are you just a general broad brush of what you buy on cars?
3: Um, just a general broad brush, um, whatever interests me. If it interests me, I'll buy the book, if it doesn't, then I'll still buy it, um, but it'll get put in the um, pile to be read eventually. And do you live here in France or over no. in America? No, I live in America. I'm in the Chicago area.
0: All oh, right. So that, from what I can gather, it's quite an interesting city, Chicago.
3: Um, interesting is a very good word, yes. Um, yes, it's very interesting. Um, some of the things, um, well, we have high taxes, um, and we're not allowed to deduct. Uh, from our taxes on um, the cost of a bulletproof vest um but other than that it's um interesting yeah
0: and the classic and interesting car movement in, sh- in and around chicago what's it like
3: um very vibrant um as people get older we went from uh, car meetings to various luncheons and instead of the car channel it should be called the Food Channel because we have meetings at restaurants literally every day of the week. So
0: besides buying cars, buying books, driving cars, you can be entertained every day of the week by doing something associated with four wheels?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, yes, there's um, there's no shortage of that. Um on some days, it becomes a bit of a problem because you'll finish one luncheon and have to hurry up to get to dinner uh, for another group. So. And
0: what, apart from the fact it was probably by, built by Boeing, what brought you over to Retromobile
3: in Paris? I've been coming here since probably the late 80s. Um, there are things I could find for my collection here that I'm unable to find in the States, books in particular. Uh, some titles, uh, just never uh, make it across the... uh, never make it across.
0: Are you enjoying yourself here?
3: Very much so.
0: Ron Scorm. it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you very much for joining me on The Backseat Driver. Thank you. I'd like to introduce to The Backseat Driver, Jan Janu. A man with an artistic talent and a passion for motor racing, especially Le Mans. Jan, welcome to the Backseat Driver. Thank you. Where did all this come from?
4: Oh, it's come from when I was a child. Um, My father already loved cars, loved driving first. He never went to race, but he gave me this passion. And alone, I went went to this car um, uh, area, more competition area, and uh, I think first time, uh, first one of the first thing uh, I did when I, I get the uh, license, driving license, is to go to Le Mans. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's one of the great things,
0: a Frenchman in France and Le Mans, which is considered to be the greatest race in the world. It's also considered to be the only holiday the French host for the English, because I think it's safe to say there's as many English at Le Mans as there are French. Yes, for sure.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Le Mans, yeah, it's kind of part of England uh, during the (laughs) the two weeks. (laughs) When did
0: you discover that you had a talent to paint? Oh,
4: I don't know if I discovered that once. Uh, The thing is, I... I knew I always wanted to, to, to work in the car a- area. And then I started my studies more f- to go for engineer aerodynamics. And I didn't feel uh, well, easy, I mean, in a good shape for, the, for me. So I changed my mind and, and I, um, I started, I mean, I was drawing before. And uh, I decided to, to go for uh, design school. So... I worked for one year on my my side to present something for the design school, and then uh, I did. Uh, I enter a center college of design from Pasadena. I did that, and I finished graduate as automotive designer. But at the end, uh, working for a big company that was not my aim. I mean, I'm kind of work really alone more well
0: the problem if you work for a company is you have to draw and design what they want yes. not what you can draw what you want but providing it's what they want as an artist you draw and design what you want for you
4: exactly and the other thing is that you have to, to, to deal with politics inside a company <laughs> so I, I I'm still in, in contact with a lot of people um, but still working for a design company um, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I, they just tell me the story, so I know how I was right at the time. So that's why I, I decided to, to go more for, for, for cars, I mean, for uh, uh, painting. And the thing is that um, with this uh, school, it helps me to understand how a car works and uh, the line and... So that I have the base to do that. But I didn't want to do illustration. Mm. That's not... The, I mean, for me, the, there was no reason. There's a lot of people who were doing really splendid illustration. But I, well, I wanted to, to show more the, the, the image and the... the, the um, uh, uh, it's uh, a little bit uh, like oh,
0: saying, uh, when, you, when you look at a car stationary, you're looking at metal... Exactly, and various other things it's only when it starts to move does it
4: take on a character yeah it's it's coming to life in, in fact it it's not only when the cars move it's all, also when uh, crews or people are doing something with the car it's you see that there is a uh, uh, a, a link between the, the the guy and the car and the you can tell a story about that <laughs> I mean looking at them your
0: i 'd say your art is a form of impression impressionism it 's it shows what the car is. it is not a
4: detailed drawing of a car, it shows the car in action come yeah, to life in action the, 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 the main lines that just represent the car and define the car and your mind has to 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 do the, the the, the work just to k- build the, the, the car around this line and it's quite easy if the lines are at the, at the uh, good, good um, level so.
0: now the other thing you've done you've started to produce books which once again represent your art but they are very, they are very specific of the books they, they focus in on certain things certain cars, certain races and things like that how did the books come to be?
4: Oh, the the first one. The first one I I done it on my on, by myself, and because I, I don't do prints first already. So ev- everything's original. There's nothing you can't buy I, one I of do. sixty-eight type of thing. <laughs> no, not really. But I do have yet. But at the time I didn't have any prints. So and the, the, because I saw a lot of collectors that they just buy in prints put it in a case under, under the bed yeah. and they, they have plenty of of prints and say, there's, there's no reason for that so it's better to, to do a book so people can just look at look at it every time any time and so that's why I, I, I went to, to that for the, the first book the second book is about Le Mans and uh, yeah that, that was another way to I know a lot of people w- did uh, write about Le Mans, but this my my aim was to to do something really um, fluid and uh, with a short story with the the main scene you you need to to remember and I know already it's again it's a book so you can just open it it's not a big book you can open it and see 58 for example n- know which car was it uh, which driver and uh, small story of the of the race so
0: because it's a book you don't have to read from the front to the back you can just open it and read anything at any time
4: exactly and if you're looking for a special year you you have to to you have to open the right page and that's it
0: but the other thing is why you're trying to find that right page there's other pages you will stop and look at I hope so. <laughs> Have you any more books? Uh, uh, it, looking like they are, they will
4: happen. Um, I'm working on the book again uh, about Le Mans for, for the centenary. I um, I will know this Saturday if <laughs> if, if the, the the book will come out. Uh, it will it will be based on this book, but updated and with a bit more stories. And uh, if I'm doing that, he's still with one of the writers who, who was the um, um, director of the SEM at the time. So the SEM was the, um, before the, uh, in the 90s, he was the director of the race. Yeah. So that's the thing. And he wants, that's this guy who wants to, to, to update the book. So that's a good idea. <laughs> Now,
0: if somebody wants to look at your work, not here in France, uh, you have a website and your Facebook page is just Jan Genoux.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, um, I mean, I still have a website, but you can still see some, some uh, uh, paintings, but I'm not bit updating it anymore. It's uh, doing some... Uh, <laughs> I'm too old for that now. (laughs) And so Facebook, it's a lot more better, easier. So I'm using that. And you will see also other stuff than just cars. I'm doing landscape, uh, portraits, something like that. Mainly cars, competition cars. (laughs) But I'm doing also other stuff.
0: Jan Janu, it's been a pleasure chatting to you here at uh, Retromobile 2023. And can I wish you all the best? And I look forward to the appearance of your new book. I'm here with Freddy Frott, or Jean-Frederic Frott, it should be pronounced, when we're in France, but we're back in England now, uh, for a little Retromobile retrospective. Uh, It's the first time I've been to that show, and I must say it's fantastic, but uh, Freddy is a regular there. Freddy, welcome back to the Backseat Driver. Welcome to you, Mark. What was your opinion of the show? I mean, from my perspective, as a first-time attendee, it was magnificent it's this cars there that you normally only see in magazines or books and there they were in the metal but the french enthusiasm for classic cars is indescribable i mean they these cars are magnetic for them
5: yes uh, the retromobile was a particularly good edition this year after the uh, pandemic of course and the uh, 2022 ed- uh, edition, which had to be postponed, which had to be rearranged, uh, attracted about 80,000 people. This time, 135,000. So it's back to its normal uh, attendance. And uh, Retro Mobility is far more than just a car show, it's also a great big fair where people come to see the cars. And there were plenty of cars we hadn't seen before. Uh, but also to meet friends, to find the part that uh, has eluded you for repairing your car and so on. So, uh, um, uh, an exceptional edition this year, yes. You described it as more of a
0: fair than a show because the cars are there the people are there but the visitors are allowed to wander around them and talk to them okay there's cordons around each stand and certain cars like the ferrari 250 le mans that shifted for 25 million euros yes there is a little barrier around them but i mean in the main all the cars and all the owners are accessible
5: yes it's it's been the uh, the tradition uh retromobile started in nineteen seventy six and was in fact a very small affair uh, held at uh, at an, an old uh, train station in paris and uh, it was more at the time the clubs were meeting together and that created that sort of atmosphere and also the the uh, exhibition tries to be uh, try to be uh, more interactive uh involving the people with the cars which actually are pushed outside the hall and uh, demonstrated rolling about taking passengers on and everything in front of the show so it's it's a- that's the tough stuff isn't it that's the tough stuff that's right yeah we we're, we're talking of vehicles which are from the dawn of mot- motoring uh which potter around in front of the hall uh, at uh, 5 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> you need a new speed gun
0: because one or two were definitely doing a bit more than that. Well, uh, some of them dare to go flat out, <laughs> which will be 10 miles an hour. But, the, as I said, the French enthusiasm for classic cars and the French enjoy shows where the cars are moving. In it, Here in England, we have shows where everybody goes and parks in a field and strolls around and everything else. The French go out and do little convoys all over.
5: Oh, yes, yes, yes. And even people turn up with their cars and drive in the uh, into the show uh, just on the outside of the hall uh, where the it all takes place there uh, there is a a very very strong movement of uh, uh, vintage and classic cars uh, in France and uh, the number of events which are coming about every year is increasing all the time
0: and the one interesting thing is, besides their love of French cars and Delage, Bugatti, Della Hayes, Talbot and all the rest of it, the
5: French quite like English cars. Oh yes, there's, there's, there's a, a huge movement of uh, the English sports cars, because the French manufacturers weren't making the Austin the the Morgans, the Triumphs, uh, ever, the... the, the closest to a sports car was the little Renault Caravelle with a, a, an 1100cc engine. Uh, if you wanted something with class, with uh, a bit of wood on the dashboard or something like that, you had to buy an English car. So, and they were very, very successful in, throughout the um, um, 60s and 70s.
0: Now, I visited you on your stand, Vintage Revival, Mon and had a very, very enjoyable lunch, or shall we say I think I did from what I remember. I mean, your stand was in association with the museum. Uh, How many people did you attract because you had some incredibly old cars there?
5: Yes, uh, we uh, were privileged to have uh, as a guest on our stand the national... Uh, Automobile Museum of Turin in Italy and they brought the most fantastic 1892 Peugeot Type 3 which was the first car to ever uh, drive, being driven uh, on Italian soil bought by a uh, a wool magnet who uh, uh, bought it and uh, the car was driven from Paris to Turin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the car works, and we pushed it out, started it, and did some little laps of the hall with it.
0: Right, and this year's Vintage Revival Montlory, when is it?
5: The next one will be 2024, and it will celebrate the uh, centenary of the circuit, uh, and that is why we are trying to attract as many cars which were involved with the records and the races which took place.
0: And is it this year the
5: festival of sloth is it's in France isn't it this year it will be in France it's a it's a, an event which was created in England and which we now share with uh, with the uh, English uh, counterparts of the sloth and this year it will be in burgundy and uh, we are just preparing because it will be in june and uh, we've invited the most quirky little cycle cars that you wouldn't never see otherwise and we'll uh, drive them in a little rally and we even have a hill climb because we are in fact a pastiche from the festival of speed but uh, none of our cars can go beyond 30 miles an hour the other thing is, another
0: requirement is, if your car is capable of covering 10 miles or more without breaking down, you're banned.
5: You, yes, you will, you will, you will uh, incur a penalty. The, we, we, uh, we hope that most of them will break down, and in fact, uh, we have doubled the number of recovery vehicles to four, uh, which we, we think might be enough. Uh
0: I mean, it's fascinating. This, to my mind, though you said it's an English event, is typical of what the French get up to. I mean, the French classic car and vintage car enthusiasts, from what I could see at Retromobile, are all distinct characters. Uh,
5: yeah, the, the the difference between the two is that uh, it's very difficult in England to find a road that's quiet enough that the police will let you close for half an hour or something whilst the vehicles are passing. Whilst with a bigger te- territory, more roads uh, and... Burgundy is the ideal place for that. We can actually take the cars for a short distance on the roads. So,
0: Retromobile 2024 will it be bigger and better? Do you think than this year?
5: Uh, we hope so because uh, we are already cooperating with the uh, the show owners uh, to have a celebration where we will have a village of the great French marks and uh, that will involve the Delay, Delage, uh, Bugatti and so on uh, and display cars which were at Mollery in 1924. So it's always at the same place, it's always at the same time of year
0: and it's easy to get to?
5: Yes, uh, it's on the limit between Paris and the suburbs at the Port de Versailles in the south and uh, very easy access and takes place the first week in February.
0: Freddie frott thanks again for joining me on the backseat driver. on price, never beaten on service, whether it's cars, bikes or commercials, Hoddy Tyres are the best in the business and when it comes to tyre expertise and advice, to supplying the correct tyres for your vehicle specific requirements, nobody comes close to David Lakin and the Hodder Tyres team, so give them a call on 01200 613 192 or visit the website at hoddytyres.co.uk